I'm Bill. And I'm T-Dog. And this is Two Films, Two, films, two, two curious. curious, where the two of us watch two movies. And we're curious about them. Absolutely. Uh, this month, we watched uh, Account of Monte Cristo and mm-hmm. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and we talked about Revenge. Well, we will talk about Revenge. We will talk about Revenge. Well, we talked about Revenge a little bit. Oh, that's in true. In general, amongst <laughs> ourselves. Uh, but all the what time. were you going to say? Yeah, we always talk time. about Just, Revenge. Yeah. Like thinking about the people we want to get revenge on, uh, you know, times people got revenge on us. The Revengers from Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Uh, the Revengeancers. That's a thing from something. Is that a reference? That from something? sounds like a comic thing. Revengeancers. <laughs> Revengeancers. Oh, Metalocalypse. They're oh, the one perfect. The anti-death clock terrorist <laughs> yes. group. Anyways. Uh, before we get into all of that, though, before we get more into all of what we just got into, uh, thank you to our patrons on Patreon, uh, co-tagonists Nick and Chris, who have been our patrons on Patreon for a good long while now, as mm-hmm. well as Two Films, Three Curious alum Brenda, who sponsors What Do You Do MCU during our special feature, which will, this month, feature the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. So... If you're interested in hearing about one. that, yes. If you're interested in hearing about the first Avengers movie, uh, don't do any Googling. Just listen to our podcast <laughs> in like two weeks, a week. And that's all you'll need. Uh, actually, that's probably bad advice, but also listen to our podcast because that's, you know. Anyways, if you want to be featured in this part of the episode, you should also go to Patreon uh, or tell us literally anything anywhere else because we're just going to be excited <laughs> that you're talking to us on places. Which There's more people me, listening to us now. There are. Yes, we had a uh, we had a little a little bump, a little bumpy bump, a little boost. We're at now 51 subscribers, uh, which is nice. How many? Let's see. I don't even know that many people, so it's not all people I know. <laughs> oh wait, we had 51 subscribers yesterday. We don't anymore. Oh, <laughs> it fluctuates. It fluctuates. <laughs> you know. Just, now we're you know, back we go up five. three, we go down to 39. <laughs> so, you know, like you do. Anyways, let's talk about uh, let's talk about these movies. Do you have any words to say about revenge? Do you have a definition for revenge for us? I No, I don't have I've a heard, definition for revenge. I've heard that I, it's a dish best served cold. Yes, I've heard about the optimal temperature for eating it. Yes, an ancient <laughs> Klingon proverb. Uh, but yeah, okay. Let's uh, let's talk about these movies. I'll, I'll we'll do Ferris Bueller's Day Off first, yeah. uh, and then we'll do Count of Monte Cristo. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. For those of you who don't know, is an amazing movie, and probably in much the same way, I think that there are movies that are like Breakfast Club is the iconic John Hughes, mm-hmm. uh, like school teen movie it is the it is the one that is the best one i think that ferris bueller's day off is the one that is the best example of the things that john hughes can do it's like what we were talking about about royal tenenbaums is the is the most wes anderson is the best wes anderson movie and grand budapest is the most wes anderson-y wes anderson movie there's something there anyways ferris bueller's day off like a little I don't know what you would call it. Yeah. Not like an homage, but like 
something like that. Yeah, they're, they're emblematic of their. It's it's a it's a refining it's a pastiche of, of their of their stuff. Yeah, that's what anyways. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh, starts uh, with a very sick Ferris Bueller laying in bed. And he's like, I've got a test today. I've got to go to school. And his parents are like, no, 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 you're sick. You need to stay home and get rest. And his sister's like, Ugh, you believe him? Whatever. And goes to school. And his parents leave and Ferris goes back to sleep. Except he doesn't because he's not sick. He was faking sick. Uh, and that starts Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Where and that's he... when every person who's ever been a child now relates to the to Ferris. <laughs> yep. It's uh he has he has uh, uh an elaborate but convincing way of faking sick uh so you can get the information there uh but he as he fakes sick um the principal of the school calls Ferris's mom because Ferris has been out nine times and after ten he'll have to repeat the grade and it's his senior year uh and as he's looking this up on the computer talking to Ferris's mom who's like it can't be nine times. Ferris is hacking the school system so that it says he's only been absent three times. Uh, but Ferris then calls his best friend Cameron and says, Hey Cameron, uh, I know that you're not sick, even though Cameron is lying sick in bed. Uh, I need you to come over and pick me up so we can have a fun day. And finally, eventually Cameron comes over. Uh, and at about this time, uh, the principal gets a phone call from the uh, parent of one of the girls at the school saying that her grandmother has died. And uh, the principal's like, okay, yeah, whatever. Just, you know, show me her body and I'll believe you. Because yeah, he's and like, I know this he is knows Ferris. Because yeah, he knows it's Ferris's girlfriend. Right, right, exactly. And so he, he tells like, yeah, show me the body and I'll believe you. And then he gets a phone call from Ferris and so he knows that the guy on the other line is not Ferris Bueller. And he's so like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. But it turns out it's Cameron. And so they, they end up getting Sloan out of school as well. And then they just go hang out all over Chicago. They uh, go to what Chicago is that the Chicago Museum of Art. Mm-hmm. And they go to a Cubs game and they go to a really fancy restaurant. And it's just Ferris enjoying his day, showing Cameron fun things to do. They steal Cameron's dad's car because it's a really, like a really fancy car. Only seven were made. And they're they're just driving around having a good time. Uh, while this is happening, uh, the principal knows that something is going on. And so he leaves school and tries to go to Ferris's house and uh, tries to break in because he knows that Ferris is sick. Or is not sick. Uh, Ferris's mom comes home and checks on Ferris, and he's set up this elaborate rig with a like a CPR dummy in the bed so that it looks like he's asleep. Uh, but in addition to the principal being really convinced that Ferris isn't sick, uh, Ferris's sister is also super jealous and ends up leaving school as well. Uh, they have an altercation, the two of them, in Ferris's house. And it's bad. And uh, anyways, after the end of their their big day out, they're about to go home. They they had had this plan uh, to run the car in reverse to take the miles off of it so that Cameron's dad doesn't know that they stole the car. Uh, but when they were out, the people that work in the parking garage uh, put like 3,000 miles <laughs> on the car. 
And so Cameron freaks out. And then eventually he like, he's like, no, you know what? I've been scared of my dad my whole life. My dad's an asshole and I'm, I'm ready to stand up to him. Uh, and he's been like, he's kicking the car out of anger and then kicks it off the jack and it reverses out of the window and over a cliff. But he's like, no, I can, I can fucking handle this. Uh, at this time, Sloan, uh, no, Jeannie, Ferris's sister, mm-hmm. uh, has been uh, taken by the police because she called 911 saying there was an intruder in her house and there wasn't, even though it was because Ed Rooney had already left. And the her mom has to come pick her up at the police station and she has this talk with Charlie Sheen who's like, you know what? You got to just worry about you. You can't worry about other people. And she's like, you're right. And so uh, they go home and as they're going home, she sees Ferris who's running home because he knows that mm-hmm. he's going to be late. And they race home and then Ferris eventually gets home and uh, he's at the back door and Ed Rooney is there and he's like, I got you. Uh, But then Jeannie opens the door and has Ed's wallet and is like, fucking dick. And so Ferris like thanks Jeannie and goes up to his room and his parents are like, oh, yeah, you're feeling better. Okay, that's so nice. And that's it. That's the movie. Such a good movie. It's a really good movie. It's uh everybody should everybody should watch it. I think of all of the movies on our list, this is high up on the one that I that I would recommend to anyone. Yeah. But also yeah, I feel like a lot a, of people have seen it. So it's a good everyone movie. It yeah. has a little something for everyone, as IGN yep. would say. <clears throat> it's so, the dark soul of movies. It, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's the, the opposite soul. of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for the Count of Monte Cristo, which, this is the 2002 uh, adaptation that, that we watched. Because I've not seen in, the other one. takes place in 1815. Uh, Edmond Dantes is the second mate of a French merchant vessel. The captain is very, very sick. So they kind of they pull up on the Isle of Elba, which is where Nap- currently Napoleon is being held in exile by the British. Uh, anyone who lands there is going to get killed, essentially, because they don't they're just terrified of someone getting Napoleon out. Um, they have a, an altercation with the guards. Um, this is Edmund and then his friend, uh, Fernand. Yeah, Fernand. Fernand. Um, <clears throat> that they, They're the ones that rode to, to shore. Napoleon's like, okay, it's fine. You can use my doctor, my medical help. But in return, I, what, all I want you to do is deliver this sentimental letter just because I have friends in France, obviously, to uh, to a certain gentleman in France. That's that's all you need to do for me. Because they read my mail here. He's like, uh, okay. Uh, I mean, I guess I have to. The captain dies. There's nothing weird about that. This is fine. Yeah. <laughs> the captain dies because he, there's there was no saving him, um, even with the medical help. Then they go. They get back. They report to their uh, the first mate, Danglar. And then Edmund, like I said, is the second mate. Report to their um, like supervisor, their boss, the owner of the shipping company, and he's like, "That was a good call. I'm glad that you did that, um, Edmund. I'm going to make you the new captain." Obviously, Donglar is very upset about this. Um, Edmund has a, well, I guess not really fiance. It's his girlfriend. Yeah, they're, <clears throat> they're ready to be fiancés. Yeah, they're they're ready to get married. Um, who also Fernand is also kind of in love with. Um, is he in love with her or is he in lust of having everything Edmund has? 
Yes. I guess I should know also that Edmund is like a poor peasant boy and um and Fernand is like a royal not royalty, but he's like a noble. Um, so he's like, I shouldn't want all the stuff that this guy has, but he's just a jealous, jealous kind of guy. Yep. Um so Fernand and Danglar inform the kind of one of the higher level people, the city's magistrate, uh, Villafort, that, hey, he has a letter because they're both just jealous of him. Right. Um, we're going to, it's treasonous. It's like he, he got this from Napoleon. He gets summoned by uh, the magistrate, Villafort, and then ultimately, Edmund's just, like I said, like a poor peasant guy. He doesn't know anything about it. He's like, yeah, here's a letter. They gave it to me. He said to give it to, wait, he's like, here's the letter. He reads it. He's like, oh, this is, this is okay. I mean, it's fine. And then he, right as Edmund's about to leave, he's like, wait, who did he, who did he say it was for? And then he says the magistrate's dad. So now he can't let anyone know that because his dad is a Bonapartist and wants Napoleon back. So he burns the letter and he's like, hey, you know what? I'll give you a carriage ride home. <laughs> just jump in that carriage that looks like a jail cell. Don't worry about the bars <laughs> on the window. It's so that I don't fall out. It's okay. I get drunk all the time when I ride in this all carriage. All the time. Um, it was a trick. They arrest Edmund. He escapes briefly. And he's like, Fernand, you got to help me. They're after me. He's like, yeah, I'll help you. JK, I'm the one who sold you out. Have a nice life in prison. He gets sent to... How do you say it? <laughs> Chateau d'If. D'If. It's, yeah, Deif. Chateau. They, which is just like the Alcatraz of France, I guess. It's an Even island. Worked, though, because he says something about, like, this isn't where prisoners go. This is where people who we want to forget go. Yeah. Um, the, they have, as a, of course, like any bad prison in a movie, they has a very sadistic warden. They get beatings once a year on their anniversary of coming to the prison. Happy which birthday. Is just, which is just fucked up. Gonna beat your ass. Uh, He's there for uh, six years when all of a sudden the ground of his cell kind of starts to come apart and a head pops out and Who's it's Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> his name What's is... that mysterious ticking noise? <laughs> he tells him that he's been here for 11 years and he's digging his way out and now he realizes that he dug in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> in exchange for the help, he uh, Dumbledore starts teaching Edmund all kinds of stuff like economics, swordsmanship. Basically, he's basically a renaissance man um, and makes Edmund one as well. As they're digging through, they're getting close. They find little roots. Then the cave kind of collapses, which ends up uh, mortally wounding Dumbledore. His name is like Faria or something in it, but... I think it's Dumbledore, actually. I think his <laughs> name is Dumbledore. Um, they sew up the body in a bag. Edmund has kind of the genius idea. Since the, our cells are connected, I'll take him out and put him in my cell, and I'll jump in the body bag before they come pick it up. And yeah. then when they throw me off, I'll be free. Genius. <clears throat> it works. They're about to throw the body off the cliff in a classic, like, on a one and a two. And on the last one, a guy busts out, and he's like, don't throw the body, don't throw the body. But then <clears throat> Edmund grabs the keys from the warden, and him and the warden both go over the cliff. Um he manages to use the keys to because they kind of like locked up and put big heavy weights so the body would sink. Gets out of it, kills the 
the guy. Um, then he washes ashore. He runs into these pirates. The pirates are like, look, I have this guy who didn't want to share treasure. So here's what I'm going to do. You guys are going to fight, and whoever lives gets to join the crew. Either he kills you, and then he's welcomed by everyone, or you kill him, and then I'm done with him. Um, Edmund beats him pretty handily. Uh, and then, or Jacopo, that's his name. He beats yeah. Jacopo. And then he doesn't kill him. He says, look, if you have two of us, we can do more work on the ship. And now you'll have him. You'll have me. We can all, we can, you know, team up. He travels with them for, they don't say how long, but a little while, probably a couple months, at least a year, because they all come to respect him. Yeah. Um, because he saved his life, Jacopo's like, I'm your man for life. Anywhere you go, I'll go. I'm like your your best friend now. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's his Chewbacca. Yes. He finds out, well, right before Dumbledore died, he was like, I know where there's treasure. And here's a map. So Edmund and Jacopo go to find it. They find all the treasure. It's on the Isle of Monte Cristo. So he's like, all right, I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to establish myself as like a noble. I'll be the Count of Monte Cristo. He's, they say the title of this movie several times in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is weird because they never say Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> no, they don't. Even though they, they different... get really close. Because Cameron's like, what is this? Some sort of Ferris Bueller's Day Out? And I'm like, that was weird that they said it that way. It was very weird. It was a last minute change to the title before, but they already filmed the scene. Yeah. You know. yeah like, eh. It's like how they had to change uh, Return of the Jedi from Revenge of the Jedi. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Palpatine um, still says, what is this? Some sort of Revenge of the Jedi? <laughs> Uh, Edmund integrates himself into the society, and then he stages the kidnapping and rescue of uh, Fernand's son. Fernand has married Mercedes, his uh, Edmund's girlfriend, although mm-hmm. we find out it's not a happy marriage. They hate each mm-hmm. other. Um, <clears throat> but he saves their son and then already just like becomes a father to that kid like almost instantly. <laughs> like yeah. says his his birthday toast or whatever. And just like, it's just a very kind to him. It, and then he sets about his plan. So he tells their son, he's like, look, well, I guess mentions while the son is there something about, Oh yeah. The Sparta treasure. Is that, is it coming? Are we going to get it? He mentions it to Fernand, Fernand and Villafort are like, well, we know his ship. He, he's like, Villefort's like, well, he came to me and asked me, hey, can I get this ship through customs? So let's yeah. just take let's take all the gold on the ship. Yeah. Donglar's like, yeah, sure, I'll I'll make I'll hold it in the harbor and I'll take the ship. Donglar gets caught red-handed because nothing in this movie happens without the Count of Monte Cristo wanting it happen, essentially. He set the whole thing up. <clears throat> then he confronts Villefort. Not Villefort. Yeah, it's, his name is Villefort. It, there's something else with that name. I feel like a video game, and it's making me think of the other person. <laughs> but it's still the same name. No, you're thinking uh, of Villefortnite. Oh, right. That's in the, the upcoming remake of Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> yeah, it's all Gen Z things. And the way that, I mean, it, it's it's just V-Bucks on, <laughs> on the island of Monte Cristo. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh <laughs> He confronts Villefort. He knows that Villefort killed uh, Fernand's dad, and Fernand killed Villefort's dad as like a kind of a fucked up trade, I guess. 
he gets him to confess it in a bathhouse or like in a sauna and hidden in all the the mists of the sauna is all the like police officers and shit so they hear him confess they hear him confess he gets arrested uh and then he calls in all of fernand's uh gambling debts and shit that he has so he's like okay well we're gonna leave the country or whatever uh mercedes at this point has recognized edmund he's she's the only person who has even though he doesn't look that (laughs) different necessarily he has a beard and a little bit longer hair yeah um she's kind of him, her and Jacopo, who's kind of setting them up together, are trying to convince him that you don't, you don't need full revenge like this. You you don't have to do it. It's this. You have your wife that loves you. They find out that the child is not Fernand's child. It's actually Edmund's. They're like, look, we, you guys can just leave. You have all the money in the world. You don't need revenge. Yeah. Um, Fernand is not the bigger man in that regard. Edmund, they gave him a fight. He shoots Mercedes right, like not even through the shoulder, just like it grazes her shoulder. Yeah. Um, and then as Fernand's leaving, they're like, "All right, we'll leave." Fernand turns around because he's just a dickhead, and he's like, "Nah, I can't. He's taken everything from me. I have to kill Edmund." Yeah. They get into a fight. Edmund prevails and kills him. Uh, <clears throat> and then he purchases the island of the prison that he was on. Um, and then he's like, "I'll use my money for good." It's the Count of Monte Cristo. There it is. I think the weirdest part from that movie is when uh, when they first find all of the treasure <laughs> and they're like totaling up how much it is and Jacopo's like, this is more, this is like six times the money more than any person I know. And Edmund is just so, he just, he doesn't care at this point. He's like, what is this, some sort of count of Monte Cristo? <laughs> there's, there's only one island. There's only one island? There's just that's all that's the count of that's it. We just did it. We just did it. No, like, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not that high a number that you got to do, but he's just tired of it. He doesn't want to do it. <laughs> People keep asking him in the movie, How many aisles are in Monte Cristo? Well, why don't you count the Monte Cristo? Of anyways, anyways, uh, we've not yet run that joke into the ground, but we will by the end of this. <laughs> Uh, I have some fun so, facts. Fun facts, yes. Hit us with those fun facts. Cindy Pickett and Lehman Ward, who play Ferris's parents in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, actually got married in real life after filming the movie. Oh, that's nice. And then they got divorced in 92. That's, you know what? Maybe that's nice too. Maybe that's what they needed in their lives. I just like it when there's a fun fact like that and then it yeah. just like undoes the fun fact. Uh, one of our favorite scenes that we talked about while we were watching it, Grace, the secretary, pretending to be Ed Rooney during the phone call was improvised. I love that scene. <laughs> that's such a good, such a good bit. Yeah, that's a good improv. That whole, that the whole is, phone call scene is one of my favorites in the movie because of the it's music. It's so good. <laughs> uh, that is not her only John Hughes movie role. She's also the person who works at the car rental place in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh. When he loses his car rental slip, when mm-hmm. uh, when Steve Martin does, and he comes back and he's like, I just want a fucking car, a fucking Suzuki, a fucking Honda, <laughs> four fucking wheels, and a, and a seat. I want a fucking car right fucking now. The other lady, the lady that he's talking to is Grace. Oh, um, here's another improvised thing. 
The shot of Ferris playing the clarinet was also improvised. Someone spotted he didn't the have instrument. One lesson. Yeah, someone spotted the instrument as part of a set, and Matthew Roderick said he could play it, which of course he couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. That's a good one. Uh, and then during the other best scene in the movie, during the parade, mm-hmm. several people seen dancing, including the construction workers and the window washers, originally had nothing to do with the film. They were simply dancing to the music being played. And John Hughes found it humorous, so he told the camera operators to record it. Oh, I love that. Did you know that uh, the scene when they're talking about, they're at the stock exchange, mm-hmm. and they're talking about marriage, and Cameron is doing that thing where it sounds like water dropping? Yeah. He's making that noise with his mouth. That was also, it's, it's I think, very, like, it's an important thing in that scene that he's making, that he's just doing something to distract himself. Yeah. He, that's just what he did on set. Oh. Yeah, that wasn't like a, hey, can you do this thing? He was just like, oh, hey, I'm doing this thing. And they're like, oh, great, let's use it. <laughs> Which is also why in the shower scene they have Ferris singing Donka Shane. Because he mm-hmm. was practicing so that he wouldn't get the words wrong later on because he'd never heard the song before. And so he was practicing in the shower in between takes. And they and used like, that take. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the only, f- I, I only have fun facts for Ferris. I don't have any fun facts for Count of Monte Cristo. I got one more, and this would be an unfun fact for some movies. I think <laughs> they wrote the script in six days. Oh yeah, I think I heard that. I think that yeah, that that was a that's a for, really impressive for like, for some movies that that would show in not a good way. <laughs> right. I just watched Dark Phoenix, and if you told me that script was written in six days, I'd be like, why did it take so long? <laughs> Well, there we go. Fun facts for Ferris. Do you got any fun facts for uh, Count of Monte Cristo? I do. The screenwriter, uh, Jay Walper, came up with the idea, not present in the novel, that Fernand and Edmund were friends first. Apparently they were never friends in the in the novel. Uh, hmm. His logic would be it would work better if a buddy film turned sinister. He said that he believed when a friendship soured, the hate generated was both more terrible and more believable. Huh. This is the 17th adaptation of The Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, it's it's certainly up there with like, uh, maybe below like Three Musketeers and Dracula and stuff like that. But it's still high up on the number of times it's been adapted. Yeah. You know um, what's a surprising thing? You know what hasn't been adapted that much? Hmm. War of the Worlds. Yeah. Like there's some really like big ones. Like the radio drama, and then it's like the radio drama, and then a movie in the 1950s, and a movie in the 19, like in the 2000s, and like that's Tom it. Cruise one, yeah, that's it. Uh, <clears throat> for the introduction of Dumbledore, uh, <laughs> Kevin Reynolds chose to have him dig through the cell floor instead of through the wall because he felt that that was a cinematic cliche, which is true, and also. Yeah. It makes more sense to be able to hide it when you're just putting a couple tiles back. How do you hide a hole in the wall? Right. You know? Right. Because, well, <laughs> they only went into the cells once a year. I mean, they right. still went into the cells. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's <laughs> – this would have changed the movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger turned down the role of Edmund Dante wow. <laughs> when the film was in the early stages of development. <laughs> That's that's good. 
<laughs> he, <laughs> I wonder if it's not fit at all, but I, I would, would love yeah. to see that. <laughs> um, the scene involving, oh, so I guess I should have said, when Villafort gets arrested, uh, Monte Cristo had left him a, like a pistol inside of the jail. He puts him in the exact same carriage that he got taken away in, so it's very like yeah. poetic. Uh, but he has a gun in there. He tries to kill himself, but it's not loaded. And then the, the count says, "Do you think I'd make it easy for you?" Apparently, there was two versions of that of that scene shot. The one where the gun was loaded and before, like I would assume, maybe they just show the carriage and then they show the bang or whatever. Right. Um, he thought that that worked better, but with test audiences who didn't know about the other version of it, mm-hmm. said it would be better if it wasn't loaded. Oh, interesting. So he was like, "Well, if they." Let's put I mean, that one in the movie say, then. Yeah, he does say like death is too good for them. Yeah. So. He doesn't just want to. Yeah. Oh yeah. When they first get the treasure, I was like, I can go kill him. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> then we're done. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> we go home. We're good. I love Jacopo. I love Luis Guzman, and this is my favorite Luis Guzman role. Uh, yep. That. Those are fun facts of the Count of Monte Cristo. All right. Similarities and differences. Actually, do I have a? I have a fun fact about Count of Monte Cristo. What's that? Uh, Superman is in it. Yes, he plays the the son. And yeah. although he looks sixteen, the way that uh, in what we do in the shadows, what's his name? Remember, he's like, I turned into a vampire oh, when I was 16, and that is why I always yeah. look 16. <laughs> what is his name? I forgot all the names of the vampires in it. Uh, Deacon. The point is, Deacon. You have not done the dishes in, tw- in five years. Yeah. Anyways, similarities and differences with Count of Monte Cristo and Ferris Bueller's oh, Day Off. It's Vladislav. That's his name. Vladislav. Is right. the one that says that, yeah. Yeah. But yes, similarities who, and differences. Who plays him, though? Uh, oh, I'm on the show. I don't want that. I want the movie. Uh, that's that's Jermaine Clement. No, who plays Deacon? Oh, Deacon? Johnny Brew. I would not have guessed that. I've never heard. I don't know. Anything him. else he's in. <laughs> Wow, because he's not in a lot. <laughs> there we go. Anyways, anyways, similarities and differences for guy. I don't like it was a Ferris Bueller. Uh, <laughs> they're both about revenge. Yes, but in a much more real sense. So I think that the the message for both movies. And I thought for a good long bit today about if I could find another quote for it, mm-hmm. but I can't. So instead, we're just going to do the Louis C.K. quote, which I didn't want to do because it's Louis C.K. and he's hashtag canceled. But the you shouldn't look in somebody else's bowl except for to make sure that they have enough food. Yes, it is. It is. And that is a good, like, poignant quote by right. a shitty guy. Right. But, like, all throughout Count of Monte Cristo, like, Fernand it just keeps, like, why does Edmund have, why is he happy? Why does he have these things? Yeah, it really and is. Why is he happy being with so like, Right. He should be being like, oh, hey, this is my friend who's good and helpful. I should use what I can to help him in the way that he's helping me. But instead, Fernand is just a dick. 
But similarly, mm-hmm. e- Genie especially is like, why is that? This is the the moment that Genie has in Ferris Bueller where she's talking with Charlie Sheen at the police station, where uh, she's like, I would I would never be able to skip school this many times. I would get caught. And Charlie Sheen is like, well, that sounds like it's that's not Ferris's problem. That's your problem. And she's like, oh yeah, like this isn't. Well, she's the like, fact fuck that, you, and also. Well, right. before that, <laughs> before that, when he's like, there's someone you need to talk to. And she says, if you say Ferris Bueller. Uh, but no, I think that I think that it's that Jeannie realizes at the end, she's like, oh, it's not I need to I need to not worry about. It's not really greed with her. It's, I guess, envy, if there's a difference between envy and greed. Um, I think so. But and it, it's definitely all of those things with with Fernand. But I think Jeannie at the end realizes, oh, I got this. This is worth. This is so much stress for for something for that is yeah. right for nothing for something that is not Ferris's fault. It's not even really Jeannie's fault. Yeah. But what little fault you could ascribe to a person, it's Jeannie's fault. And she's like, oh, I'll stop. Uh, and I think if Fernand. At any point in this game, would have been like, "You're right. I'm sorry," and meant it. That could have changed a lot. Mm-hmm. So they're about revenge, but in a much more real sense, they're about being comfortable, staying in your lane. <laughs> yeah. At least in a it, when it comes to like envy. Yeah. I <clears throat> I have as a difference that. In Count of Monte Cristo, the revenge is, is two-sided. Mm-hmm. First, it's Villefort, Fernand, and Danglar getting revenge against Edmund for being happy. You know, right. but Seemingly I mean, it is, it is a yeah. it is a revenge. He's very specifically targeted, and then him getting revenge back on them. Versus yeah. in Ferris, you have obviously Cameron and his dad, mm-hmm. you know, the little revenge plot, and then you have Jeannie and Ed Rooney versus Ferris. But Ferris is not trying to get. There's no him then right. trying to get revenge on everyone like for what they did to him. It's yeah. all one-sided in that. Because Ferris is just a righteous dude. Because He's everyone loves him. Summer school. Yeah. Sportos, dweebies, dickheads, <laughs> jocks, they all love him. They think he's a righteous dude. That's another thing. So, I had a I I had a person that I now hate who one time said that as they grew up, uh they realized that that they hated Ferris. And I think that 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 you I mean I get I think the only reason you would hate Ferris is the same reason that Ed Rooney and Jeannie hate Ferris at least at the beginning of the movie and it's because they yeah they're jealous and I think I mean that's the same thing I guess that's a similarity that Ferris and Edmund are both really great people yeah and how happy lives yeah how sad would it be if Ferris tried to get that revenge. Yeah. You know, but that's not, I don't know. I think that, I think that you can't blame Edmund for wanting to get his revenge. Yeah, certainly. If, if it were, if it were less than he was in prison for years. Right. Like then he could be like, Oh, you can forgive him. But yeah, it, it, it would make no sense if he got it and was like, it's okay. Right. (laughs) He, He had to grow to that point. Yeah. I think that while you can't, yeah, you can't 
blame him for that. I think that we, I think that I would prefer to be, I would aspire to be Ferris where I can let it go. Mm-hmm. I think that there's justice to be had. I mean, this is like every Batman movie ever, or most movies with revenge. What's the difference between mm-hmm. revenge and justice? And I think that the fact that everybody else in Count of Monte Cristo, for the most part, is just a really detestable person. Yeah. That the revenge is kind of justice. <laughs> yeah. But also, I think that. I think well, that. Well, and, I mean, and it's not like. It, it, maybe if he killed them, it wouldn't have been justice. Yeah. You know? With obviously at the end with his friend, it he's defending himself and his yeah. the girl the woman he loves and his son. But with the other two he gets him arrested. It's not like he was like judge, jury, and executioner out here getting his revenge. Like he ultimately right. just revealed them for what they are and then let the courts take it over. Yeah. So in that I that it very much justice, I think, versus revenge. I mean, obviously it's motivated by revenge, but. Right. Well, and that's, I guess that's a question too, is the, do the ends justify the means? And I think that even though that's a trite question to ask, Mm -hmm. a trite answer doesn't work. You can't say yes or no, because it's sometimes it's yes and sometimes it's no. So. Do you have any other similarities or differences? Um. We kind of already went over it, but really the ultimate conclusion is that like revenge isn't worth it. It it affects you more than the other person. Like right. I remember some kind of quote that was like, like hatred is like drinking poison to spite someone else. Yeah, like it. They did. This is nothing for you, but like probably kill you faster because you're so stressed <laughs> all the time that. Unless you're building up an immunity to iocane power, <laughs> which sure. incidentally that would have been a good one to pair with this too. Oh yeah, all of the similarities between uh, Wesley and Buttercup's relationship and Edmund and Mercedes's oh, relationship. Yeah. It is very much a similar plot, almost. Yeah, right down to the whole scene in uh, Count of Monte Cristo when uh, Edmund as the Count of Monte Cristo says, wow, you waited a whole month before you married him again. <laughs> and she said, you can die too for all I care. And then he tumbles down the hill and says, as you wish. She pushes him right off the... That's how I got out of prison. Yep. She pushed him right off the cliff. Um, and then I have as another similarity that like, other than Rooney, at the end of these movies, everyone is kind of free of their desire for revenge. Right. Cameron has his very cathartic experience. Now he's like, I can stand up to my dad. Yeah. Uh, Jeannie obviously like forgives Ferris and just kind of lives her life. And then uh, of course, the Count of Monte Cristo. It, well, he's dunk because he succeeded basically, <laughs> not because <laughs> not because of anything else. Um, but I guess Rooney probably gives up after that point. Oh yeah, I don't know. But we I don't mean, know. Like he, he ultimately still wants to nail it, Ferris. Yeah. Well, it, well, in more ways than one. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's, I guess, in 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 that sense, at least, a lot of John Hughes's characters are archetypes, and that that archetype of like 
the principal that has nothing else except the ability to oppress yeah. children, and that's his only power. It's the principal in this. It's the vice principal in Breakfast Club. It's um, I feel like there's hey, more, but it's, it's been a while since I've seen his other teen comedy. It's the teacher from Pink Floyd's The Wall. Yeah. And when he got home at night, it just was just compounded. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love these movies. That's not, I guess that's a similarity that I just really like Count of Monte Cristo and Ferris Bueller. That's a double similarity because the other one is that we both love these movies. There we go. Here's the difference Count of Monte Cristo is set in the past but came out in 2002. And uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is set in the present but came out in the past. True. Great if it was set in the future by like a couple of years. <laughs> uh, all right, questions. Here's a question. Uh, do you can you think about a time that when you got revenge or when you wanted to get revenge? Um, I can. Yeah. Uh-oh, you no, have I'll, a smug no. smile. I'll, I'll go further. I, cannot... oh, I thought you were saying that because you didn't want to tell me what it was. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. I cannot beat my brother in Super Smash Brothers anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> I haven't been able to beat Thor in Super Smash Brothers for probably <laughs> three or four years now. Oh, he just no. consistently, like, I'll get uh, the occasional lucky win because yeah. we have items on or something, but, like, I, I can't beat him. He's he's surpassed me, <laughs> and every time I try, and I try two, three times, and then I get mad, and I'm just like, let's not, let's play something else. <laughs> I mean, that's truly the only kind of lighthearted revenge that I have in my life. Yeah, I try to live more like Ferris than uh, Edmund in that regard. Although I haven't also been put in prison for ten years, so you know, maybe maybe that'll change me. Uh here's here's one. Almost ten years ago. Nah, more like eight years ago. Eight years, 203 days. <laughs> eight years ago, somebody stole my favorite pen. Oh, no. I know about this. A furry came up to a booth that I was working and talked at me for three hours about his mild to moderately racist fursona and then stole my pen. It wasn't tell him about the pen. pen. It was, it was it was a special it was an important pen. It was an important pen. Sentimental pen from value. Cousin Subs, which is a sub sandwich shop predominantly in the Midwest in like the Wisconsin area, but there was a franchise here in Texas in Dallas for a little bit until the guy got caught embezzling uh to give money to a soccer team. It's shit. But Cousin Subs, I love the sub sandwiches and I used to go there on Friday nights cuz my my best friend in high school uh worked at cousin subs and we would play dungeons and dragons there. And so I had used this pen for dungeons and dragons from like my sophomore year of high school on. And like, I would replace the ink out of this stupid shitty cousin subs clicky pen just because I needed to keep that pen. And then this furry came and took it. Saying it like it's a dirty word. <laughs> it is a dirty word. It is a dirty word. Just for him. Eh. I can't say I don't know any other furries than that guy. So 
I don't know any furries except for that guy. Yeah, I guess that's true. So <clears> I <throat> guess I guess we shouldn't judge. Hashtag judge not lest Why ye not? too become a furry. <laughs> do not, not go to do not commit the crime for which you were in prison. <laughs> Here's the other question. What uh what would your fursona be? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is not related. No, it is. I just said I just said the story why it's related. A whale. I would be a whale. I don't think that's a thing, but I would do it. I don't even know. All right. I have a, I have a question. Yeah. What other just what other kind of what are your other favorite revenge films? Hmm. Mine is probably Princess Bride since you mentioned it. Yeah. That's but also one. John Wick. Ooh, yes. I finally watched John Wick 3. I still haven't. I still need to watch it. It's very good. I think it's on HBO Max. Oh, probably. I think that's where it I watched it. It came out a little bit ago. Yeah. Uh, other revenge stories that I like. Uh, I mean, like you said, Ferris Bueller's good. Uh, you know, it's not really a reve- not really a revenge story, but I like I like the got to get pulled back into the thing that I didn't do thing, you know, like um, one more job. Right. Yeah. Like gone in 60 seconds, especially the remake. It's not really a revenge story. It's sort of like, although I guess, I mean, revenge is part of it in so much as revenge themes. Yeah. Right. And so that's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, There's a lot of revenge in, in aliens. Mm -hmm. Like, the just the anger that that uh ripley has for both aliens and uh the robot people what are they called do they have a name or they just call them androids i think might be androids yeah i can't remember replicants yeah replicants that's what it is (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i don't know i just like a I think probably Ferris Bueller is my favorite revenge story, although Count of Monte Cristo is really good. I need to watch the old one, one of the mm-hmm. the old the fifties one because. Uh, I wonder if it would more closely adapt the book. I would assume so, but also it's the one that V from V for Vendetta likes. Oh yes! Oh, of course he likes that. <laughs> I forgot. Of course he likes it. <laughs> it's every time it was on the Criterion Channel a while back. I think it's off now, but I was I wanted to watch it because just because I think of the line. That V, like, quotes along with the movie in V for Vendetta. He's like, you find your own tree. And they're like, I want to watch this movie so that I'm (laughs) quoting that and not. It's like every time I say, like, uh, every time I have to take my dog out to go to the bathroom, I say, you know what time it is. And I'm not saying, I'm not quoting Flavor Flav. I'm quoting Maury Povich on the Halloween episode of Maury when he was dressed as Flavor Flav. Because I don't really know Flavor Flav that well, but I used to watch Maury on days when I would fake sick, and that's full circle. We can be done. <laughs> I thought I had another question, but I can't remember what it what it was. Uh, Count of Monte Cristo is a remake. If you remade Ferris Bueller, uh, how much hate do you think oh. you would get? Oh, so much. <laughs> uh. I feel like if I did, I I wouldn't remake it and also have it set in the 80s. I would remake no. it and have it set in the modern times. Yeah, sort of a reimagining. And then I feel like, yeah, it could, 
I feel like it'd be a boring movie, but you could even have like a bunch of the stuff they do be online. Yeah. Like not not as like a kids don't go outside these days. No, but yeah. Feel, but like a this is this generation's childhood now. It's well, I mean it, it's unfair it would, to compare them like that. This it is would, just how people live now give more context more because one of the things that we didn't talk about in ferris bueller is just how the entire city of chicago rallies around ferris Mm -hmm. and it's like silly like you're walking through and you see like the like the police are like tell ferris we're pulling for him you're like what the fuck (laughs) oh Um, yeah because they on the water tower and everything everywhere that he's yeah 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 (laughs) and so i feel like like if you had some sort of social media aspect to that like yeah. Oh, like yeah. a warring, like a warring Kickstarter and GoFundMe. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that would be cool. Like, like, I don't know, have like people doing demonstrations internationally because it, it was trending on WhatsApp or something like yeah. that. <laughs> like TikToks where they're like, this is the new TikTok craze, the safe theorist or something. <laughs> I would watch that. It's, it's funny. You should say that though, because I think so, uh, the movie You've Got Mail is a remake of a movie called Shop Around the Corner. Shop Around the Corner, it's Pen Pals. And then there was a, a remake that came a little bit later after that uh, with Judy Garland, where it's also Pen Pals. And I think it involves them singing as opposed to Shop Around the Corner, where it's just a store. And then You've Got Mail is obviously online. It's all like, anonymous chat room stuff but there was one in between those pillow talk where it's a like a phone party line which is the thing that obviously doesn't exist anymore but because phone lines were not as prominent you would share your phone line with somebody else so you would get a phone call and you'd answer it and it's for the other guy and so you hang up your phone and the guy maybe not even that close to you would answer it because it's it's his phone call mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought it would be cool to do a remake where it was like some sort of like Twitch streaming thing. Oh, yeah. Or like Discord, which is the big thing yeah. now. Yeah. I which I just used to talk to my two brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I remember <laughs> like right as it was getting big, like every every UT Dallas like club had a Discord. And I'm like, well, I yeah. guess I got to get on the Discord for it's the like club. version of a rough. subreddit or whatever. Right. And I never use it. I was on it again the other day and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. This is a thing, <laughs> but Oh, well, uh, I don't think I have anything else. I don't, uh, our next, uh, special feature is, uh, is going to feature, uh, Avengers on what do mm-hmm. you do MCU as well and as a couple of other questions. questions and things like that. Uh, I don't know if we have what our next episode is going to be yet. It's been sort of up in the air. It's the October one, so it's probably going to be Halloween-themed. It's got to be Halloween-themed. We've had a couple of ideas, but nothing concrete yet. But we'll let you know at the very least by the next episode, by the next special feature, mm-hmm. what our, our Halloween episode will be. Uh, find us on Facebook and on Patreon. And uh, I guess we have an email. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, uh, stay curious and... Thanks for listening and uh, we love you. We love you.